you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. We're in Matthew chapter 13 as we begin a new sermon series on parables. Parables are stories that Jesus told to make a point. Maybe you have some favorite parables that I'm sure we'll get to this summer. The parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the good Samaritan. And we will spend the summer looking at some individual parables. But today we're going to take just a moment to consider why Jesus spoke in parables. Why did he do that? I suppose we could guess why. It helps to understand more difficult things if you put them in terms of things that we do understand and that are more simple. I suppose the stories would help us to remember the lessons. They're more memorable in these short stories so that we can recall them better when we need them. But what I want to do today is look at why the Scripture says Jesus told parables and why Jesus himself said that he was telling parables. So if you have your Bible, we're in Matthew chapter 13, and it's interesting, if you read the gospel accounts up to this point, Jesus has not been telling a lot of parables. He's only told maybe one or two. Most of his teaching has been very direct teaching, like the Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. And then all of a sudden, Jesus begins to speak in parables. In fact, if you look in Matthew 13, down there in verse 34, we read this. All things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. So at some point in his ministry... He stops this direct teaching, and he begins only teaching in parables. Now, why did he do that? Well, look at verse 35. We see the first reason why. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. So if you're following along on your sermon notes, that number one right there, Jesus told parables to fulfill prophecy. That's the first reason he told parables. It had been foretold that the Messiah would speak in parables, that he would use these stories to teach. And indeed, Jesus being the Messiah, the one God sent to make all things right, he indeed spoke in parables. But he had been doing all this direct teaching. He hadn't really been using parables before. Why not? Why does he start telling parables all the time? In fact, using them exclusively at this point as he deals with the crowds. Well, look with me at the first three verses of Matthew chapter 13, and we get an indication of why Jesus changes his method of teaching at this point. Look with me, Matthew 13, verses 1 through 3. That same day... Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables. And then, after that, Jesus tells like eight or nine parables in a row after that, and just begins teaching exclusively in parables. Well, well, why did he make that change at this point? Well, if you see there in verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, it says that same day Jesus started doing this. So something must have happened that same day that made him change his method of teaching. And if you go back and read in Matthew chapter 12, you see there that Jesus healed some people on the Sabbath day. He healed a man with a withered hand. He healed a man who was blind and deaf. 
And so all the people in chapter 12 and verse 23 begin to ask, can this be the son of David? Because of this power that he's showing, power over demons as he casts them out, power over blindness and deafness, power to restore somebody's body. Because of the power that he's showing in verse 23, people begin to say, could this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah, the one that God had promised who would come and make all things right? And so people begin to wonder if this is the Messiah. Well, the Pharisees had another explanation for what's going on. The Pharisees, if you read Matthew 12, say, well, he is powerful. There's no doubt about that. They couldn't deny his power as the man with the withered hand is healed before their eyes, as the man who is blind and deaf all of a sudden can see and hear, which is interesting when you think about what we're going to hear Jesus say, that he opens people's eyes, that he opens their ears. So the Pharisees could not deny his power. They said, yes, he's powerful, but the Pharisees said he's also a sinner. Now, why did they say that? Well, if you read in Matthew 12, right at the beginning, Jesus and his disciples had been traveling on the Sabbath day, and they traveled farther than what the Pharisees thought you should travel on the Sabbath day. And then they plucked heads of grain in a field while they were traveling and ate them, which the Pharisees saw as work on the Sabbath, as harvesting on the Sabbath. And so obviously that's sin. And then because he healed the people on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees were saying, look, he's a sinner. He's violated God's law. He eats with sinners and tax collectors. They would taint him. And so he himself is a sinner. So yes, he's powerful, but he's also a sinner. And if that's the case, then the source of his power must be evil. Their thought was God doesn't use broken and messed up people who are sinners, right? And so they said he's casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the chief of demons. And so his power is demonic. And of course, Jesus takes great issue with this. But even as he is gaining crowds following him, he also gets these opponents who are following him, and he encounters this great opposition. And his time had not yet come. He's only about a year into his ministry. He still has two years of things that the Father has for him to do. And so Jesus changed his method of teaching from this more direct teaching, like we read in the Sermon on the Mount, to parables, to these stories which when you hear them, they're really easy to dismiss if you want to do that. They just seem like simple, straightforward stories about people planting seeds or about people going about their daily business. And so these stories are very easy to dismiss. And so his opponents think, well, he's just telling stories to entertain the masses. There's no harm in that. And his opponents move on. So that's the second reason Jesus began teaching in parables. So number two is Jesus told parables to avoid opposition. Jesus told these parables to avoid That's why he suddenly changed his teaching method. But there's a third reason that Jesus says that he teaches in parables. And I want to linger here for a moment. Because this is the one that perhaps most applies to us as we encounter the parables, as we go through them this summer, and we sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him in this different form of parables. This third reason Jesus taught in parables really applies to us, okay? So let's spend some time here. And I want you to hear what Jesus said, the reason Jesus said he began to teach in parables. Look at verse 10 of the text. Then the disciples came and said to him, 
why do you speak to them in parables? So they're asking our question, right? Jesus, you were teaching directly. Now all of a sudden you're only speaking in parables. Why are you doing that? So this is the question that we want to answer. In verse 11, Jesus begins the answer. Look what he says. And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So let's just stop there and process that much of Jesus' answer, because this is kind of cryptic, it's hard to follow sometimes. But just notice what Jesus is saying here. He's saying there are secrets about the kingdom of heaven... There are secrets about spiritual things that Jesus wants to teach his followers. And he is teaching these things in parables, right? Because they're easily dismissed and to avoid opposition because this teaching is only for some people, for those who are willing to follow him. And the teaching is not for others, these who are attributing his power to the devil, these folks who have stubborn, unrepentant hearts. So just notice, Jesus says, I'm teaching in parables. Because there are secrets, there are things about the kingdom, there are things about God, there are spiritual things that I want to convey to those who are committed to following me. That's what he's saying in verse 11. Keep going, verse 12. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has, will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. There you go. That's why Jesus teaches in parables. Well, what does that mean? It sounds kind of mean what he's saying. Like the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Those who have get more in an abundance. And those who don't have even what they little they have to take. It's not something that's mean. It's, some, it's a concept that's actually very familiar to us. And it's very gracious on the part of Jesus to teach this way. Let me show you. First, it's something very familiar. This concept is familiar. It's not talking about material things. But let's put it in the context of the physical so that we can understand it a little better. Physically, when we exercise... The little bit of strength and endurance that we do possess increases when we exercise. The little that we have becomes more. But if we do not exercise, we lose the little bit of strength and the little bit of endurance that we have. I'm coming over here to physical therapist. When I broke my ankle and I couldn't use my right leg and I got up and down on my left leg all the time, guess what happened? My left leg got really strong and it got bigger. And my right leg that I wasn't using to stand up and down, it visibly was smaller. The muscles atrophied. Like when I got the, the cast off, you could put them next. And it was a huge difference. Because the one that had been doing the work got bigger. It increased. And the one that had not been doing anything decreased. So we're familiar with the concept that what Jesus is talking about here. That's what it looks like physically. We're familiar with it cognitively as well. Think about it. If you learn a foreign language, if you learn to play an instrument, if you continue to work at those things, the little that you have becomes more, and it comes to you more easily. But if you neglect those things, over time, you begin to lose them. You don't have command of the vocabulary from the foreign language as much as you had before because you haven't been using it. You, it. You're not able to as easily play as you did before because you haven't been using it. And so the little that you have 
is taken away from you. So we're familiar with the concept, and that's what Jesus is saying about spiritual things. Okay, so let's look at it in that context. Jesus is saying, if you are open to the things of God, if you hunger to hear more, if you want to know more, if you're willing to linger with Jesus, if you're willing to ask and to seek and to knock, there's a promise here for you. Do you see it? If you're willing to linger with Jesus, you will get more. You will receive an abundance. But if you're not interested, parables are just stories that are easy to dismiss. And you are free to dismiss them and go on your way. That's the third reason Jesus, Jesus teaches in parables. Jesus told parables to reveal our hearts. Jesus told parables to reveal our hearts. Instead of using more direct speech that might invite more opposition, Jesus tells a story. He tells a parable in which the lessons are veiled. They're not readily apparent without giving it some active thought. So in this way, a parable is like, is like an orange or like a coconut or like a pineapple. And that you've got to do some work to get to the good stuff, right? You've got to peel the orange in order to get to the juiciness inside. You've got to break that outer shell of the coconut to get to the milk inside. You've got to get to the spinely, prickly part of the pineapple to get to the goodness that is inside. And so in the same way, with parables, we have to do some work to get to the good stuff. So a measure of commitment is needed to understand a parable and you reveal your heart by your response to the parable. You can move on if you like. But if you want to know more, linger with Jesus. Ask, seek, knock. Do the work to get to the good stuff. When Jesus tells a parable, he's asking the question, do you want to know more about the kingdom? Do you want to know more about spiritual things? Or would you rather not know? If you don't want to know, you can walk away. And in that way, Jesus' approach is very gracious. Jesus lets people who are not interested walk away. You know, we often panic in the church when people walk away. If people start walking away, we just do crazy stuff. We're like, well, well we've got to do something because people are walking away. Now listen, I'm not in favor of putting up barriers or in, that are not necessary for people to come to Jesus or come to the gospel or to get involved in gospel community. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are people who are not interested in spiritual things. They're not interested in learning more about the kingdom. And when they walk away, we panic. And we say, oh no, what are we going to do? And we start doing crazy stuff like let's get a bigger band that's louder with like a fog machine and a light show and have the pastor ride in on a Harley Davidson motorcycle and, and that'll keep them from walking away. We panic. I want you to notice here, Jesus is not panicking. There have always been people who did not really care about God or the things of the kingdom. They come for an experience, they come to see an event, but then they just walk away. And Jesus allows them to walk 
away. He lets them go. He doesn't argue with them. However, don't forget the great promise that is here. If you do want to know more, Jesus will teach you. If you do linger with him and ask and seek and knock and do the little bit of work with the parable, he's saying that he will give to us in an abundance. That's the promise that he makes. How about you? What's your desire like? Maybe you only have a small desire. Listen, later in this chapter, Jesus is going to say that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds, that that can blossom and grow into an abundance. Maybe you're here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I want to want the things of God. I hear people say, I wish I had a desire for spiritual things in the kingdom, but I just, I don't. Well, listen, even the desire to desire is enough if it leads you to linger with Jesus. If it leads you to ask and to seek and to knock. Listen, if you're not interested, it'll be taken away. And that's not a mean thing on the part of God, right? It sounds kind of, that's not mean, right? God's not taking away what you wanted. He's taking away what you didn't want. So you can have more of what you do want. But if you linger with them, you will grow. This is really a very gracious teaching. In both cases, you get more of what you really want. If you want more of Jesus, he gives us more. If you don't want more of Jesus, he lets us go. And that's why Jesus told parables to reveal our hearts. Now, I want to close by talking about why we should seek more of Jesus. Why should you want to linger with him? Why should that be something you desire? And I'm saying that not just because it's my wish that you would do that, but that's what Jesus talks about in verses 14 and 15. He tells why we should linger with him or why we should desire to seek him, why we should be devoted and committed to doing the work of finding out these things. Look what he says in verses 14 and 15. Jesus says, indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. You hear what Jesus is saying there? I see at least two th reasons why we should linger with them. First is we would understand more, right? Do you see Jesus saying that? He's saying that when we linger with him, we see and perceive more of what really matters. I mean, let's just be honest. We often give ourselves to things that make our hearts grow dull to spiritual things. We often give ourselves to things that make us see and perceive less of what is really important. And that's why Jesus says these people, their hearts grow dull. But he says if we begin to see that that is true, and if we turn from those other things to linger with Jesus, the second thing he says, we understand more, but also that he would heal us. He would make us whole on the inside. 
That yes, we would have eyes that see and ears that hear, but, but that there would be healing for that longing in your soul. You wonder why the world is so broken and messed up the way it is and why things don't seem right. Jesus has answers for that. You wonder why it is that nothing really fulfills. That even if something begins to scratch the itch, it doesn't long term and you're never fully satisfied, not for very long. Jesus says he can heal that. See, we should want to link with Jesus first because we understand more. Second, because if we would turn to him, he would heal us. Let me just close with this. Before you think you're too busy or you're just not able to focus so much on spiritual things, let me make one final appeal to you. Listen, let's just think about our lives. We are willing to spend time lingering and asking and knocking about many other things. Think about it. We will spend hours watching a series or listening to a podcast to find out what was in the mind of a serial killer. But we will. We'll spend hours lingering, thinking about, trying to figure out, learning more about the habits and preferences or trivia about our favorite celebrities. We're willing to spend time lingering about and thinking about how to make more money or what causes wrinkles or what prevents aging or what burns calories or what will help me burn fat and gain muscle. We spend a lot of time thinking and investing in those things. We're willing to spend hours thinking and talking and reading online about what the government did or did not do about some issue that we care about. We will spend hours trying to figure out the best bait or the best lure or the best places to go to catch the really big fish or to find out about the, the recruiting class of our favorite team or to figure out how to beat that next level of the video game that we love. We are willing to linger and to ask and to seek about all kinds of things, but the question Jesus asked with parables is this. Are you willing to linger are you willing to ask and to seek about spiritual things, about the things of God, about the things that really matter? And he says that if we do, we'll be healed by him. Don't you want to understand more and be healed and be made whole? Jesus told these parables to reveal our hearts. And if we're interested and want more, Jesus reveals more. If you're not interested, you can go on with your life. But his whole hope and goal is that you would linger with him, that you would let him teach you, that you would ask, that you would seek, that you would knock. And he promises he will give you more of himself. He'll give it in an abundance. And he will heal you. And you will be sharpened and see and perceive more of what you were really created for so that you may finally live life the way he designed you to live. Let's pray and ask God to help us do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, your word reveals our hearts. It separates us to our core, separating bone and marrow. And I just pray for my own heart and for my friends that you would give us a desire to linger with you. 
that we'd be willing to turn to other things that are far less important. And that you would help us to, to ask you and to seek you and to, to knock in order to find out more about the things, the secrets of the kingdom that you have for us. Oh, please give us that desire. Enable us to linger with you, for it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.